Welcome to Bible Slash Chat. Kevin, hi. Hello, it's good to see you. Wow, that was quick and right? relatively rigid. It's like I knew this was coming. <laughs> there really is a little script. How did I get there? here? <laughs> How did I get here? Why am I sitting here? <laughs> yes, you look incredibly nice. Uh, that's Thank a nice you. colored shirt. Thank I look you. not as nice. You look just, nice. No, I don't. Black I'm just wearing a t-shirt. Black, black fits me because it's <laughs> it's the... Oh, Whatever yes. that means. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave that one alone. It's because I'm chubby. It's all right. <laughs> nothing else fits me. You know what color I look great in? Mm. <laughs> Do tell. Skin tone. <laughs> Skin color. No, Stay I'm tuned kidding. for the next Bible slash chat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, so we have an interesting topic about... <clears throat> Let's talk about... Skin. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Let's talk about circumcision. That's <laughs> good. It's in the Bible, folks. It is. Okay, so we had Very a really... Serious. We had a really good question, actually. Yeah. Actually, this is a remarkable question. Those young men are church. Where did it come from? I can't t- say names oh, okay, just out okay. of principle, but we but we had a question from a very young person in our church who was thinking deeply about the text of scripture, which which just on, on a base level super important. That's awesome. Um, reading something in the Bible that seems so crazy, mm-hmm. and he's thinking to himself, "How can God allow this? Why? Where does this come from, God?" Right. So um, he asks a really really important question, and it's out of the Book of Exodus. So there's a story in the Book of Exodus um, that in verse uh, Exodus chapter four, verse twenty four. Um, it says that now it came about at the lodging place on the way that the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Now this is talking about Moses. So what's going on in Exodus mm-hmm. chapter four? So Moses is going into Egypt, right? And he's going <coughs> to now go and confront Pharaoh. God has called him to this role of confrontation and to lead the people of Israel out. He, Moses has are, has already been given the signs that he's going to do. He's mm-hmm. argued with God about whether or not he can speak well. Yeah. All that stuff's already happened. And he now is told to go into Egypt. So God says, you go in, do this thing. Mm-hmm. I want you to bring the people out. And right? specifically with verse, you know, verses 22 and 23, right prior to that, it's basically say to Pharaoh, Yahweh, you know, thus says Yahweh, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So yeah. I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, yeah. your firstborn. So it's this context of sonship. Yeah, yeah. sonship yeah. and position. Yeah, exactly. Good. And so Moses now uh, has been how many years in the wilderness? Wandering around as a forty, forty years in the wilderness. This is this is proof positive that you're really not useful for God until you're old. <laughs> the um, he's been forty years in the wilderness. I'm forty four right now, so <laughs> that's a long that's time a long in the wilderness. Time. Yes, so he spent forty years as a sheep herder, and during that time, he's married this Midianite woman named mm. Zipporah, and she's. Uh, we don't know that much about her, but this context, all of a sudden she shows up, right? Mm-hmm. So it says that God is trying to put to death Moses. He's at a lodging place on the way to Egypt. And we don't know anything about the lodging place, and we don't know what it means that the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. In some capacity, something has happened where Moses is aware that God is trying to take his life. So what's going on there? Why would he try to do that? Well, Verse 25 sort of gives us some context about what's mm-hmm. happening. It says, Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and threw it at Moses' feet. And she said, You are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. Okay, so, <laughs> so we have set now this very intense moment, right? So what's going on here? Well, they've, they've obviously had a son, right? And he's mm-hmm. of age, as at some at least old enough for these things to be happening. Um, it says, She circumcises mm-hmm. her son. And she takes the foreskin and she throws it at Moses' feet and essentially, like, uh, like insults him, scoffs mm-hmm. him, right? She's angry at him. And then it says, verse 26, so he let him alone. In other words, 
in, in other words, God mm-hmm. left Moses alone. He, yeah. He's no longer pursuing him to put him to death. He with a capital H. He with yeah. a capital H, yeah. exactly. So what's going on there? What's happening in the context? <laughs> Well, there's a couple things, right? Uh, the first thing is that we see that there's something going on with circumcision that's mm-hmm. happened that's caused this situation to occur with God, mm-hmm. right? Because before God meets him to put him to death, after the son is circumcised, he no longer is doing that. Right. So Moses had not circumcised his sons. Why is that a big deal that he hadn't circumcised his son? You're asking me? Yeah. Yeah, well, basically that is the sign of the covenant of God's people. And so <laughs> Moses marries a Gentile. Right. And then is coming in to save Israel, right? Save his brethren Israel out of Egypt. And God is also having this message where he's like, Hey Pharaoh, I'm gonna kill your son, right? right. Because you're not you're not obeying me. And yet Moses is coming in with his son yeah. and he's not obeying God in that mm. sense. And so it's basically saying that God's servants have to be pure yeah. in that sense before they serve him. Yeah. Good. Yeah, exactly. So so Moses apparently Zipporah I mean, Moses must have thought of himself as an outcast from Israel, that he was never going back again. And in that position now, he's married a Gentile, and he's no longer keeping covenant, right? He's Mm -hmm. no longer walking righteously. Mm -hmm. So he knew the right thing to do was to circumcise his son, Mm -hmm. but he refused to do it, basically to placate his wife, it appears, (laughs) right? (laughs) And her name is Zipporah, and she's a really intense woman, so I can understand why why he would have been maybe a little bit nervous. So this is what's happening in this context, right? So... So God tells him, you, we don't have this in the context, but it seems apparent that God is saying, the reason why you're in danger right now is because you won't keep the covenant. And you haven't kept the covenant, and therefore you need to keep the covenant, and unless you do, there will be consequences mm-hmm. for you. Now, here's the question. Would God have killed him had they not circumcised their son? Well, that's interesting because the way the text is structured, it says, you know, he encountered him and sought to put him to death, which is just right. saying that that is the point. Right. Uh, the, the only thing we need to know is that God sought to put him to death, meaning right. holiness matters, right? Right. And so what you can see is that, again, God's servants need to be pure in order to serve him at the penalty of death in the con- because God is going to punish and kill right. his enemies. And right. so if God's people are not cleansed or not, are not pure or not covenantally pure, right. then therefore they're in danger too. And yeah. so it's really being saved from God. Now, would he have? No, I think because Moses was chosen by God to do this, uh, but it's showing the severity of the stakes, I think. Yeah, that's more good. So. Exactly. So the purity versus impurity is mm-hmm. really the issue. The mm-hmm. impure at this point, God is going to put to death mm-hmm. in Israel, right. I mean, in Egypt. And the pure are the Israelites, and right. they're going to be protected under the covenant that God made with mm-hmm. Abraham. Moses is not under a covenant with Abraham yeah. because he's disobe- disobedient to the covenant. And so God says, listen, you must do this. And if you don't, you will be put to death just like the Egyptians will be put to death. Yeah. You're in the same category when you don't keep covenant. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So what can we take from this text? What are some applications? Man, I think obviously, you know, the point <clears throat> about serving God from covenantal purity, right? right? Not like not like hopping into those uh, positions of service without yourself being, you know, covenantally pure, covenantally yeah. set apart in that sense. Um, so I think there's definitely a warning, you yeah. know, towards, um, you know, attempting to serve God or be his hands and feet without yourself being, um, you know, even metaphorically circumcised in yeah. that sense, right? Yeah, like heart um, circumcised. Yeah, yeah, where it's like that... 
yeah, holiness and purity is like a prerequisite yeah. for all of that. And so, you so have, all uh, service to God, you would say, requires a heart circumcision, of purity. Yeah, all all service to God requires holiness, right? Mm-hmm. In the heart, like mm-hmm. like un- like unconfessed sin yeah. would keep us from serving God with a pure heart and would keep us from walking in the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> you see an illustration of that with circumcision in particular, but you have. You know, in First Timothy one five, right? The goal of our instruction is love from yeah. a pure heart and yeah. a good conscience and an unhypocritical faith. You yeah. know, and so it's like that's our goal. That's what we're we're aiming for is that that integrity yeah, of totally. people. And especially with, you know, we talk about pastors being approved. You know, being men of integrity, being yeah. approved in that sense. Um, but anybody serving in ministry, the same principle, uh, I think, is visible yeah. with different outlets. And so. So would yeah. you say this is only for those in ministry, like that 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 principle of purity? No, I'd say I'd say directly. That's probably the most you know like forward yeah, yeah. Uh, principle. But I think the principle does apply to people um, serving in to general. everyone everywhere serving God in some way, regardless <laughs> of the you know the death penalty. I think it's like right. you have you know you do have God's concern for holiness when it comes to something like the sacrament of communion. Yeah, where Paul is saying you know you're doing this in an, in a an unworthy way. And because of that, some of you guys are dead. Yeah. Like some of you guys are sick and some of you guys are dead. Meaning God still cares about holiness, practical holiness with his people. Yes. We're forensically justified, hundred percent secure. Our eternity is, is safe. However, in our lives, um, we are, we are saved to holiness, you know? And so that actual practical holiness, uh, is important. That's what Christ bought for us, you know? And so to see that, I think you see that with, you know, in in First Corinthians seven, um, or in First Corinthians with with communion, and then also in Acts, you know, with Ananias and Sapphira, they're coming yeah. in, you know, serving Lying. the church, yeah, quote yeah, unquote, yeah. and yet they're they're harboring sin, and God mm-hmm. kills them as a testimony to His church, yeah. and it says fear went over the whole church, yeah, and and then they they feared God from that, so it's yeah. actually a helpful warning, like mm-hmm. a cautionary tale, not to say you know God. Uh, kills is, anyone who serves them with right. impurity. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, because obviously this in this context we're yeah. talking about a time when God is going to put people to death. Very unique. Yeah. And in the Mosaic Law, Moses was in in violation of the law. Yeah. So in a sense, he's scoffing at God, which was punishable by death. Yeah. I mean, the law hasn't been written yet, but that <coughs> idea is essentially he's putting himself outside the people of God. Mm-hmm. So that in that economy that was happening in the New Testament economy, God allows for those miraculous events to take place: death of Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira. Mm-hmm. You know, death in First Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11 when people are disobedient. But that like, those are different contexts, but the principle, Same principle. ultimately is what you're yeah. saying is, is applicable. Yeah, that's yeah. the main point I think. I'm just flipping to, oh, okay. to James when it says is anyone among you sick, right? Yeah. And then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will save the one who's sick and he will raise him up. And he's commi- if he's committed his sins, they will yeah. be forgiven him. Therefore, yeah. confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, mm. right? So that that confession of sin, as you mentioned, like yeah. serving with unconfessed sin in that sense, um, that sickness appears to be the the heavy hand of God yeah. you know, to bring that out. And yeah. so in, in that sense, with that statement you made of, yeah, like serving with unconfessed sin or living with unconfessed sin. That is something God cares about. Yeah. And it's his love to reveal that. Yeah. And he will reveal it. He'll yeah. care for his children in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in many ways, this text, even though it seems gruesome, was actually a mercy of God. 
God was mercifully putting Moses, <coughs> disciplining Moses so mm-hmm. that he was back under the covenant, mm-hmm. back in obedience to God. Mm-hmm. Same is true of Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira. There's mercy because the fear falls on the whole church. There's right. mercy in in all the discipline of God yes. because ultimately it yields that peaceable fruit yeah. of righteousness that comes out of us as we submit ourselves yeah. to him. Yeah, it's that, well, I heard one guy say, it's like the plowing with view of the harvest. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like you're, you're tearing into dirt, right? Yeah. But like, but with the view of, oh, there's going to be fruit from this. Yeah. And so oh, so we so can good. take discipline, however that looks, yeah. with with a view towards, oh, there's going to be righteous fruit from this, yeah. right? Like, And that's why that's why I can gladly embrace, you know, confessing sins. That's yeah, why I can totally. gladly embrace Don't those kinds of things. Table. That's fine. Sorry. Yeah, I just get excited. <laughs> I know, no, that's so good. You're preaching. I like that. No, yeah, we, I, I'm so sorry. Oh, you keep, you, you, yeah, no, we can good. gladly embrace those quenching things. quenching the spirit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so sorry. I totally broke no. that. What you're saying you're was good. super good. Hey, no, it's fine. That's what the Lord wanted. <laughs> Well, you know, so what happens is when we bump the table, we're sitting, there's the, the table sitting here. And For those of you camera. watching the video. Yeah. Uh, when we bump the table, the video bounces. And so Seriously. Kevin was getting preachy. He was like, which I like. It's so good um, and very helpful. But then bumping the table yeah. and giving us a little bounce. You're going to so, stand up here yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> exactly. We can no. just get you a pulpit. Right. Yeah, no, one. just kidding. Anyway, no, I think that's super helpful. And hopefully that's a clear answer to that question. Yeah. And maybe some really cool implications for the way that our hearts need to deal with sin and how we can even understand understand discipline and correction. Mm-hmm. Cool. And keep reading your Bible good, buddy. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the question. And as always, if you have any questions, you can always email us at info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks so much.